Again, special welcome to our parishioners and guests as we celebrate Labor Day weekend, the 23rd Sunday in Ordinary Time. There are a couple things I want to announce before I start the heart of the gospel and the preaching. Obviously, as you've heard, many of you might have come in late may have missed it. This next Thursday is the Blessed Virgin Mary's birthday. Yes, she's like us. December 8th, we celebrate her conception. Nine months later, we celebrate her birthday. And what a celebration our parish has in line. The Pi Social starts after the 1210 Mass. It goes till 430. 53 pies. Now that sounds like a lot of sugar. A lot of sweetness. But the pies of your choice line in the 53 Hail Marys of the Rosary. Please come and join us for that special event. Also on this Thursday, the Blessed Virgin Mary's birthday, we'll have the blessing and dedication of our new grotto at St. John's Academy at 515, to which you're all invited to come and to partake. Second thing, this weekend is Hallmark's Grandparents' Day. So a special shout out to our grandparents who are living or deceased, those who have handed on the faith to us, we remember them today at our Lord's altar. And finally, next weekend's mass time change, Saturday night we'll go back to five with confessions starting at four. Sunday night will be at 7 p.m. Confessions a half an hour before mass. Um, hopefully we can make this transition a smooth one. As we switch gears and head into this weekend's readings, I'm reminded of a few years ago, reading an article in the Time magazine. This article asked a group of Americans to rate the top 100 events in the history that are impacted our nation the most. What would your top 100 be? Where is God in the picture? Unfortunately and sadly, the number one thing that impacted Americans that they put at number one was Christopher Columbus discovering America. For number 14, we have a three-way tie in their voting. The discovery of the x-ray machine to help us in the medical world. The Wright brothers' first flight across the ocean was also tied at number 14. And the third one that was at number 14 was the crucifixion and death and resurrection of our Lord. When Jesus is in 14th place, folks, our priorities are messed up. And that's why this weekend's readings are a commitment for us to make Jesus known. Our readings today challenge us to look at the true Christian discipleship of total commitment to the will of God, putting God first in our lives. Disciple is a word we hear over and over in today's gospel. And it has the same root word as discipline. If we never discipline ourselves, we never improve ourselves. And if we don't improve ourselves, we can lose sight of the goal to which we are trying to achieve. The goal of all of us here tonight should be eternal life. That's why we need to put God first and try to understand what it takes to achieve the goal 
that we are setting out for. And that's why discipleship is not living for oneself. We think about that. It's not going from pleasure to pleasure, from a high to a high. Discipleship is not even about self-interest. I remember being a youth director for close to 10 years at our small parish growing up, and every summer I would take the youth on a summer mission trip, taking them into the inner cities, to the orphaned, to the hungry, to the homeless, trying to encounter different people. We even stopped at an AIDS hospital in downtown Denver. An eye-opener for North Dakota farm kids who don't always get to see the effects. The goal of the mission trip was based on three S's. Social, yes, we're going to have fun. One third of the trip is going to be fun. Spiritual, one third of the way we're going to encounter those with the presence of God. And one third to serve the people we encounter. Social, spiritual, and service. Now I remember on one of our trips into Wisconsin, we stopped one day to go on a go-kart track, racing each other. Kids are fascinated by go-karts. Even older kids are fascinated by go-karts. But I remember that night as we did our reflection prayer every evening, one student was expressing as they went through the day, they feel like they can never slow down in the racetrack of life because of various activities. The kid went on to say, I can't even find time to pray, to give God the benefit of the doubt. Jesus has a message if we feel that way today in our own life, to you, to me, as he brings the gospel. Are we so busy that we lose focus of perfect love? the heart of our God, the heart that calls you and me daily into his presence to be with him. Now, if we have no time to pray, do we have time to carry our cross or deny ourselves enough to follow him a little more closely? A few years ago, I met a family. As I was sitting down, they were telling me, Father, we supper in four shifts. Supper starts, the mother was telling me, at 4 o'clock. The last shift eats at 7 o'clock. If we are so busy that we cannot communicate or eat a meal together, our priorities are out of line. And that's why we can't be too busy to pray. Because after all, prayer invites us into that union of perfect love that God wants for us. So I think that's why we have to look at this weekend what does God want? Or what does God desire? And I believe that many people who are too busy have never encountered the depth of love God has for them. Because once we taste that love, once we receive that love that is perfect, it should capture our hearts. And that's why our Lord today says three times in the gospel, you cannot be my disciple. This should rattle us at the core. This should bother us. What does he say? 
in these three phrases. He says, unless you hate your parents, you cannot be my disciple. I love my parents. My dad is deceased. My mother is right now in the hospital. I reach out to her every day. What is the Lord saying? Unless you hate your parents. He goes on to say, unless you hate your brothers and sisters, you cannot be my disciple. Don't let these words gloss over your heads or over your hearts. I think it's good to chew on them as we come to the altar today. What is God really trying to say to you? And he goes on to say, unless you pick up your cross daily, you cannot be my disciple. As I sit down with folks, many struggle and can't identify a cross in their life because they are too busy. And that's why I think it's good that we pull away and we reflect on what is our Lord getting to today? Because that should bother you as it bothers me as I prepare for our gospel this weekend. Now to be clear, if we look at that word hate, in the Hebrew language, it really means prefer. If you prefer mom and dad to me, you cannot be my disciple. If you prefer brother and sister to me, you cannot be my disciple. If you prefer the Minnesota Vikings to me, you cannot be my disciple. Jesus reminds us that following him costs us something. And what does it cost us? Our surrender to bow down, to acknowledge the sovereignty, the love, and the depth of love he has for each one of us. Jesus reminds us that following him is all about surrender, giving things over to him. And that's why today he's talking about attachments. The things that weigh us down, that weigh down our heart. The things that weigh down our mind and occupy our thoughts. The things that prevent us from praying in our spirit are the things we have to set aside to make him the priority. Why? Because of our heart, our mind, and our spirit are occupied, we can become overwhelmed and live life as a racetrack, which God does not intend for any of us to be too busy to come to him. Now, I'm reminded of the story of Jim Caviezel. And maybe some of you remember him as he played Jesus and the Passion by Mel Gibson. Jim Caviezel was interviewed, and you can find this interview online, as he played Jesus and the Passion, what it was like to be scourged, to be beaten, and to be crucified. How our Lord felt so alone in his toughest, darkest hour. Jim Caviezel was saying people were laughing at him as he hung upon the cross. He said as they were shooting the film, lunchtime came, he was still on the cross, everybody took off and they left him there, laughing and giggling. And he said he felt to the degree how the Lord was alone at that cross. And that's why, folks, I'd like us to look at a couple points today for reflection. 
Number one, as we receive Jesus today, we are called to deny ourselves and our agenda to surrender to him, to take up our cross and to follow him. We deny ourselves time tonight to come to the altar for mass as he is offered to the Father in atonement for our sins yet once again. I'd like us tonight to look at our cross. Let's identify it. And let's look at our life this week. If we don't receive anything to carry that cross, how will we move? And folks, that's why it's so important during the Eucharistic revival that we are coming here every week. As I receive Jesus into my heart, he helps me to carry my cross. Now, if I don't ever receive him, what is my cross going to look like? That's why Jesus wants to live and reign and love in your heart. Because to follow him, I will never follow him if I never hear his gospel. If I never hear his word or what he desires from me. So this week as we take up our cross, we follow him. We too have many different ways that he's going to send us. Where will you make a difference for him this week? And please do not give him the excuse, you are too busy. He's waiting here for you, he loves you, and he wants to spend quality time with you. But do you give it to him? That's the question for our reflection. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever. Amen.